All right. Hello, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Today we are in for a phenomenal time together with one of my good friends, Brad Hawkins. Brad, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. So, Brad, you and I first met years ago when we I started a Pinnacle Forum. And anybody out there, if you're not familiar with Pinnacle Forum, please look into it. One of the things that I think is so missing right now is for all of us, both men and women, having a group that comes together. Our forum is really, it's so much more than a Bible study. It's fellowship. We're encouraging each other. We're exhorting each other. We're growing. We're praying for each other very specifically. It's been an amazing experience, I got to tell you. And then we've been doing all this virtually, Brad, haven't we, actually, for two years. So we started before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Just because all of us are business owners and we're crazy busy and all driving in for all of us into Denver and taking like half a morning out just to get into a Bible study was, it was hard to, you know, have good attendance. So we started doing it virtually and then all of us just got together in the mountains in person and oh my gosh, it was, it was the most amazing thing. So before we dive into this a little bit, Brad, what are your thoughts on just having, you know, a group like this as part of your life? I got to tell you, I love having this group. We get up Wednesday mornings and we, it's one of those mornings I really look forward to. But what's so fun is we're in connection with people in Canada and California and back East and all just Idaho. all over the place. Idaho, everybody's gathering together. You get so many interesting views and concepts. You build friends around the country. It is absolutely fantastic, but it's so nice having a group of guys that you know that you can share your heart with, you know that they're praying for you. I can text any one of them and just say, hey, how are you doing? Can you pray for this? And I know they're praying. It's amazing to have that close of a network of guys that believe the same way as we do. Yeah. And having people in our life, you know, going through, you know, some, here's something I've noticed, uh, everybody just being, you know, this podcast, this amazing community, and it grows and Hey, one thing I'd ask you to do, especially if you hear something you enjoy today, just tell one person. We just want to keep growing and just having more people here, amazing people like Brad. Here's the thing, though. People that reach out to me, Brad, that are really, I think, struggling with some of the things that they have to go through. And we're going to talk today about Brad's journey. Imagine everybody... I won't throw any spoilers in there, but imagine being on the path to building your dream business and you're, it reminds me of a movie where the, you know, the, the happy couple is driving along and then the semi truck comes through the intersection and just plows into them from the side. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened to Brad in life, huh, Brad? Is that maybe a good metaphor? Yeah, that it's actually a, a very similar vision to what God gave my wife, which is very funny. I'll tell you about that. Okay, awesome. So, you know, we all, you know, and for myself, right, I've had businesses fail. I had, you know, some significant health challenges. And there's two things that I, when people are really struggling, right, they're trying to regain even just their balance a little bit as they go through this. Two things I think are elements that I see people that are doing this well, as well as we can as humans, is A, they understand who God is and his nature, and they have that relationship there. And the second one, though, is they have people around them that have that healthy relationship that are there 
with them and and you're walking through life and everything that's entailed in walking through life together so i would just really encourage everybody out there as you're listening is take that time to uh when we were at that retreat brad spent two days teaching a group of eight of us how to abide in the lord which was just so amazing but just taking that time to spend with god and we did it in community didn't we brad we did it with a group of people we could really trust and share with and Man, we shared some deep stuff, man. There was some extreme vulnerability hamming on there or going on there. Oh, it was. It was absolutely amazing. And it's so amazing to see how God works because, you know, everybody likes living their story inside and they, they want to let out just what makes them look good. Mm-hmm. But when you start sharing those little bits and pieces that makes you a little vulnerable, everybody truly gets to know you. And all of a sudden you're developing these deep in-depth friendships that you probably are going to have for the rest of your life because it's building that trusting relationship through God, which is really, I think, a gift that only God can give. So, and, you know, Brad and I were talking a little bit about gifting. I'll never forget the first time Brad and I got together was this little coffee shop in Arvada, the first time we got together in person. And I was so struck, Brad, by the way God has just not only wired your mind, but how you've worked so hard, I think in that area, how your ability to just look right at the middle of a giant hairball and say, this is the one thread that we need to pull to fix this relationships, to fix this element of the business, right? Like what are the things that are maybe preventing us from maybe growing or having the cash flow or the right people. And just the way your mind works, God's just giving you this discernment. So here's a little background on Brad. And I'll tell you guys this, having worked as an entrepreneur and CEO for so many years, Brad, you were literally, I think, have one of the most brilliant entrepreneurial minds that I have met. And you got this spirit of just business around you. Like it just brings you alive. So here's a little bit about Brad. Um, He had an investment management company, a financial coaching company. You started an international LED light company. You were going to Hong Kong, right, to get everything manufactured over there. Yeah. Oxygen delivery company, software development company, appliance leasing. And just to round out the whole portfolio, Brad, you started in an event center and wedding venue. And you said, well, I'm still not done yet. So you know what I think? And you started this network security company and that came out of a passion because you just saw the effect of pornography on so many people and their relationships in your lives. You said, Hey, I got to turn this entrepreneurial skill set into how do we create software that helps people battle that? And then boom, you launch another company. So you've authored five books, 10 online financial courses. You have a degree in theology, a degree in business and finance. And you and Leticia have been married for, 28 years and I've met your kids because we do some mastermind group together because my kids work for me, Brad's kids work for them. And uh, so we've been doing a mastermind with our kids, which has been amazing. Oh, it has been. Hasn't it been awesome? Every couple of weeks, like how do we like use this as a time to mentor and disciple our kids while growing a relationship with our kids so that we can be in business together and it builds a relationship versus makes it weird. So we've been doing a lot of life together, but here's what I'd like to do because you also, when we were up just in the mountains, 
and you can go anywhere Holy Spirit guides you, but I'd like you to start and just really share about, I think, your journey. Because you see somebody today who's been through so much and who's so mature, even through the adversity you've gone through. And I know when you were younger, as you were getting out and on your own two feet, you even just struggled to even know if God existed. Was that something you even wanted to consider even having as part of your life? I mean, so you've, your journey is definitely, there's a lot in there we can relate to, but why don't you just bring us back and maybe just kind of walk us through what's happened? Well, John, I, I would love to do that. My journey, I look back on it thinking, this has got to be a movie that I'm watching. It can't have anything to do with me. I'm just kind of a simple guy. I, I love doing things with friends. I love hanging out with people. I love my family. I, and to look at what has happened to us is really kind of, it sits you back on your heels thinking, mm. I'm not quite sure how that all happened. But so, you know, I started out, I actually got a degree in theology first thinking I'm going to be a pastor. Yeah. And after I went through that process, I realized, you know what? Well, so wait, in, in high school, so you went right into that degree in theology. So you must have been at one point pretty on fire, Brad? Yeah, I went to a Christian school and it just was a very natural move to go right into a theology degree. And at the time I was dating somebody that I thought I was going to marry. And I just thought this version of me was going to uh, move me right into this life of ministry. And I did a missions trip and traveling around to multiple mission centers, I realized nobody understood anything about running any kind of a ministry. And I'm like, this is all just common sense. Why are you not managing your money better? Why are you not doing these things better? And God showed me, he said he wanted me to go back and get a degree in finance. And that put me right into the business world. And I started an investment company. I and really, I ran, I ran that investment company for about 20 years. It grew to be one of the largest in our area for a private company that wasn't necessarily competing with the national brands, but as a private company, it did really well. And, I, and I what's the really, reason back then that you, because you say, okay, you came out of high school, seminary degree, right? So you're looking at ministry, you're saying, well, these aren't well run. You go get a finance degree. Now, most people, um, I think, are, were kind of predisposed at that point to maybe go join a firm, but you started a firm. Is that fair? That's a great question. That's a great question. I did join a couple of firms. Okay. And one guy I joined, he had a set group. Here's what you tell people to invest in. And I looked at that and I thought, great, he's teaching me. I, I know now how to teach people how to invest. But then I, as I sat down with people, I realized everybody had a different story. So how can that one investment style work for everybody? And he didn't necessarily like the fact that I was trying to change the direction of his business. So uh, I left there and I went and got a, a job at another location. And uh, that guy ended up going to jail in the middle of me working there. And I thought, well, if I do this, I've got to do it honestly with integrity. And so I'm going to go start my own company so that I can do it the way I feel like God wants me to do it. So it wasn't necessarily out of my strong desire. I'd rather have somebody else take on that. And I just do what I'm told. But uh, no, it was 
I felt like I needed to do something different. And that was the calling that I was going to just step into. So it was quite a journey, but it, it grew very nicely. It really advanced. We actually took some of these major crashes and our clients didn't lose any money because I really believe God was showing us how to invest in crazy times. I ran into an old college buddy of mine and he was also running a very similar investment company that to why. So we decided we'd put our two companies under the same roof, not necessarily merge the two companies, but at least share employees and office space and marketing expenses to try to help us out. And that just started flourishing and we really had a lot of momentum until one day I was talking with my daughter and she was a nationally ranked ice skater and I found out she was taking about a bottle of ibuprofen a week trying to stop the pain that she was having. Long story short, we found out that she was uh, had gotten rheumatoid arthritis and oh, her, her blood was just completely uh, messing her body up. And we tried everything. The doctors told us that she was going to be uh, probably in a wheelchair in about five years or so and just to prepare for that. And in my attitude of, gosh, there's got to be a solution, I just started searching the globe for somebody that might have some solutions. We actually found a very interesting clinic doctor in Guatemala, and we, we moved our family down to Guatemala for a while for this uh, process, and it helped. It didn't cure, but it sure helped a lot. It, wow, that's uh, being all in, Brad, as a mom and dad. <laughs> It is, but you know, it's that attitude of, you know what, we've got to make this work. And I, I've always seen it where, you know, everybody is trying their hardest. And my job is to just do my best with what it is that I've been given. And, you know, it's proven to be well. She's 27 now, and she's doing better now than she's ever been doing since. She probably could go back to ice skating if she wanted to. Now, um, where were you, you know, that point when you were searching and going to Guatemala, where... Were you and Leticia with your faith at that point? We were strong. We felt like God was showing us, hey, go to Guatemala. I was struggling saying, gosh, I've prayed so much. Why are you not healing my daughter? I don't understand. And I thought, well, this is going to be how he heals her. And I got to tell you, I've tried everything under the sun. I mean, somebody would say you need a better water purifier. So I had to put a better water purifier in my house and you know, thank God that we had plenty of money to be able to experiment with this. But very rarely did I find anything that really worked. But that belief that says, gosh, that next thing might be the next thing that will help. We just were exploring and praying and thinking that we were hearing from God, maybe not as clear sometimes, but uh, doing our best. But while we were in Guatemala, my friend from college, I, I just had him oversee my business to make sure that it, it continued moving in the right direction. And when I got back from Guatemala, the business had done so well that I found myself in a place where I didn't have to spend a lot of time at it. So what I ended up having is a lot of extra free time and a lot of extra money. So in my entrepreneurial ways, I just decided to start other businesses. So as that just kept running along and generating money, I started a, a medical wellness company with some people and I started an oxygen delivery company. And that was, that's a whole story in and of itself. That was a God-given really 
fun, exciting thing. I started the LED light manufacturing. We founded that out of uh, Hong Kong and, and we built a factory in Shenzhen, China. And we, were, we had 12 of the first 500 LED light patents. It was just a very exciting day. And that was back in the day where those little curly cube light bulbs were coming out and everybody was buying those. And we could beat the energy savings by about 80%, which was so exciting. Hmm. And we just had so many of these different business ventures. And I just was working way too hard, but I really was given the glory to God. He was building this really, I remember using the term, this empire. And it seemed like everywhere I turned, something was working a little bit better. And we had some failures, don't get me wrong, but those failures always just sharpened us and moved us to the next level, which was really kind of an exciting journey. But I got to tell you, one day I was sitting in my office at the investment company and the government walked into the office and said, we need to go through all of your books. And I said, well, that's fine. <laughs> go through them. So uh, was this had, the SEC that came in or was it? Uh, it was actually a state side. It was Dora that came in, but okay. it's the state version of the SEC. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a problem. Go through it. I mean, once every two or three years, they come in and do an audit, but they never came in with a team of people. And I thought, well, that seems odd, but maybe they're trying to train people. I don't know. So I just go on with the rest of what it is that I was doing. And then all of a sudden, all of our investment accounts that we were managing for people were locked away from us. They were just shut down. Nobody would talk to us. Uh, long story short, what I discovered after a journey of trying to talk to the state and my attorneys and everybody, they were investigating my friend for a Ponzi scheme. Oh my God. Well, I can't even imagine. So as this is unfolding, they come in to investigate, they lock everything down, then they take away complete access. So I'm guessing you're getting panic calls from your clients and friends. And this is also kind of the lifeblood for everything else that you're doing. What was going on in your, your mind at that point? You know, absolutely nothing of concern. I just was thinking, it's a mistake. This is a monstrous mistake. They're going to be so embarrassed when they realize how clean we really are that, you know, everything's just going to go away and I'll enjoy getting an apology letter. But that never happened. So mm. it never happened. I, I just kept going further and further. And, and then they moved to a legal action. But what they ended up doing is they did not know if I was involved or not. So they seized every penny I had every account that I was on, which included all of my companies. They froze everything. I couldn't pay a single bill. I couldn't pay my employees. I couldn't pay my bills. I, it just was like everything froze. And I'm looking at this thinking, this is impossible. How could this be? My attorney still could not get a clear picture of what they were thinking. But all I knew was, the panic calls was everybody wanting to get paid, everybody wanted bills paid, and it was just a disaster. And what wound up happening is that the guy that I knew since college, he ended up getting 28 years in prison. What? And I went through a two-year, highly detailed, forensic-style audit to go through every penny that I had ever made or spent to try to find something that I was doing wrong. Now, 
of course, I knew they were not going to find anything, but still over that period of time, I was working at a body shop trying to make some money to feed my family. I was, was everything uh, frozen during this entire period of time, Brad? Absolutely everything. I could not get anything free to do anything because truly they were trying to find something to lock me away. And I think they were getting a little frustrated. So they weren't playing ball with us at all. I asked multiple times, can you free this before this company goes out of business or before this company goes out of business? Their entire intent was just to find the truth. And uh, they found the truth. It just took them a couple of years until they just dropped everything and walked away. But in that couple of years was the most devastating couple of years I've ever had in my life. I remember sitting on the couch, just flipping channels because I can't even work. And I don't even know what I was watching. I just was mesmerized by total confusion. But it was a devastating period of time, without a doubt. I still cannot believe that all that happened in a very short period of time. But coming through that, like I said, I had to get a job at a body shop, managing a body shop, trying to make some money. I picked up all kinds of little consulting things. But what I discovered is in my old life, pre what we call the great disaster, pre the great disaster, I would walk into a place and just people would gather around me and want to talk to me. They'd want to hear what we were doing. They'd, a lot of times people were looking for jobs. You know, we were very well respected in our community. At this point, I would walk into a place and people would just point their fingers and talk and never even want to come near. But part of that is, is that you're not allowed to say a single thing to anybody during this time or it could blow up in your face. You know, my attorneys are all saying, don't go to church, don't talk to anybody. But I never felt more abandoned in my entire life. It was just absolutely mind boggling what I didn't know that I would miss. I mean, that the reputation of somebody that was successful, it was completely different than the reputation that everybody is suspecting as someone who's stealing. And, and when you was, said abandoned, what kind of abandoned was that, Brad? You know, it was interesting because number one, I would say most all my friends, I had a couple that really stuck next to us best they could, but most all of my friends just refused to even accept the phone call. They just turned away. They would never reach back to us. It was gone. So all of our relationships and friends, the parties that we used to be invited to, you know, you'd see on Facebook, they're having a party and wow, we didn't get invited again. But it was just all of those things that happened that just kind of put you into an island all by yourself. And going through this, right, going from like everything is working out well, like everywhere you turn, you found a way to, you know, keep moving forward and building. And, and I know you have a passion to just employ people and equip them. And all this is ripped away. Where were you as far as thinking about God and all this? You know, it was interesting. I remember saying to somebody, you know, you want me to pray for you. I'm a great one to pray because I know how to pray because anything I pray for, the exact opposite happens. So if I just say the opposite of what I like to see happen, you're going to get your answer. Mm. And I really felt that way. I felt like God decided, I always knew he existed, but I felt like God decided to turn his back on me. I felt like he was like, 
okay, well, I don't need you anymore. So I don't care about you. I'm going to just go on and take care of the people I love. And that's honestly mm. the way I felt. I felt that must like have been very lonely. It was very, very lonely. And in the midst of all this, and I think it had to do with some embarrassment, maybe, or I, I don't know exactly to this day, I don't know, but my parents and siblings turned away. And I also learned that my dad was not my dad. And so I go through this process of losing all my friends, losing my family, losing all of my wealth, and losing my reputation. It was just a complete scrub of everything I had done in 30, 40 years of being on this earth. It would just eliminated everything. I thank God to this day that my wife and kids stayed but I, to be honest with you, I just kept expecting that to blow up on me as well. Mm -hmm. But it was just a, anything that you would have expected to be a norm going through life was just eliminated. It was just wiped clean. So my feeling to God was, God, you've abandoned me. I, I mean, I always thought that I was trying to serve you and live a life that was glorifying to you. And, you know, we always prayed, we always gave, we uh, matter of fact, the oxygen delivery company we built not to earn income, but for 100% for ministry work. And that was just, it was just working really, really well. But the end result was I was sitting there, lost everything that I had known and nobody cared. I was 100% alone other than my wife and kids. So and what's coming so, to mind for me, Brad, is, you know, I'm thinking about it in I had a situation, not this extreme, but similar, right? That business partner. Yes, he got convicted. He's in prison. He's still in prison today, correct? Correct, yes. You feel like you've been abandoned, but you know, like, what would you say here? Like, God turned his back on you. I'm just wondering where you went mentally, right? I, I think a lot of us going through something like that, right? Bitterness, anger, right? Just feeling like this is so unjust. First of all, what was coming to the surface for you? You know, it was a lot of anger, bitterness. I mean, going through trying to rebuild, I actually consulted with a few of my Christian believing friends and they ripped me off. I'm like, are you kidding me? How many times can this happen? And I just go through this journey of God, how can you be doing this to us? What did I do to you? And there was a conversation that I had with the Lord in my car. I was driving my car down the highway after I had just tried to recreate another thing that might help us rebuild. And I get a phone call saying, yeah, this is not going to work. We're not going to do it. And after just an absolutely incredible meeting that I thought this is where we're going to go. So you got a little bit of hope, and then all of a sudden, it sounds like that last oh, little piece of hope got ripped away now, too. Exactly. From the distance between driving from downtown Denver to the suburbs where I live, I got this call, and, and I had this exciting hope to devastation, and I just lost it. I started pounding my steering wheel. I had to pull over on the highway because I couldn't see through my dripping eyes, and I was just so mad pounding on my steering wheel thinking, oh, great, I'm going to break my car and I want to be able to make it home. And I told God, I said, God, I don't care if you hate me. I don't care if you think I'm the worst person in the world. I don't care. 
I am going to serve you whether you want me or not, because I know you're real. I know that you're real. And even the lowliest people in heaven still get heaven. And I, I just told God, I said, you can throw me out. You can do whatever you want, but I'm going to do everything I can to stay loving you because you're not going to throw me away. You're not going to do it. And it's even hard for me to say right now because it's, it was so real. And I didn't feel anything change other than this resolve inside of me that I don't care what else happens to us. I don't care how it's going to work. You can turn your face away from me, but I'm not going to turn my face away from you. And that's really all I needed to force myself back into the place of saying, you know what? I've been angry. I've not been loving your statutes. I've been truly angry at God. And until mm -hmm. I force the issue to be able to say, you know what? You're still God, no matter what happens to me personally. I'm not serving you because you brought me great wealth. I'm not serving you because you had given me great reputation. I'm not serving you for all the things that you've given me. I want to serve you for who you are. And that's really all that matters. Mm. And sorry for not being clear, but when I got myself to the place where I could look at him and say, you know, you are God. I don't deserve anything. You know, I, Jesus came for salvation. He didn't come to give me an, a great life, although there is abundant life, living life through Christ, but I don't deserve it. Jesus is the one that provides the relationship with God to allow me to deserve heaven because of Jesus, not because of me. But yet I was in a place where I felt like I was deserving. I felt like I was the one that did life right. I'm the one that makes the right choices. I'm the one that has always been there for people when they needed it. And I find it fascinating. As you can imagine, I read through Job, I don't even know how many times, maybe a hundred times. And I'd read it and I would agree. I would say, that is exactly right, God. I did not do these things just like Job didn't do it. Why am I being destroyed and punished? Because what I was accused of is not something that I did. Why is it that I'm struggling through this process? And it was just multiple crying out periods of time. But it was fascinating because I read through and I was reading the, the end of Job where God is talking about, what are you talking about, Job? I hold the stars in place. I made everything. You're judging me. You think that you can judge me, Job, for what it is that you're going through when I am the mighty all creator? And Job finally got mm. it. And he said, it's fascinating because it's a very simple thing. He said, basically, you know what, God, you're right. Sorry, I won't do that again. And when he said, I'm sorry, I won't do that again in his terms, it completely changed everything. God gave Job everything back times two. He started blessing him. And Job needed to change his heart to say, God, even though I didn't deserve all this, I still trust you. You're still the God that I'm going to serve. And you're right. You hung the, the moon. You hold the stars in place. You made everything the way it is. Who am I to question your choices to do to me? And that's really the place where I had to be, is that 
I don't need to be the one telling God what to do. I need to be the one taking the step, one step at a time, loving him, honoring him. And if he chooses to give back wealth, I'll give it back to him. If he chooses to give back reputation, I'll give it back to him. What I discovered in that process is that I always gave God the glory. I always told if I was speaking at a group or whatever, I'd say, you know what, to God be the glory. God's the one that gave me this. God's the one that has given me this mind to think through things. He's the one that's done all this work. But you know what the really, really truth is that I never told anybody is down deep inside, even though I spoke that publicly, I always took the credit for myself. I always said, yeah, I've done pretty good. I don't know anybody that has started this number of companies that have worked. I don't know anybody that has been able to do what it is that I've done. I had this insecurity about myself that I wanted to fulfill and fix inside of myself by my accomplishments and not letting God do that. And, you know, I'm not saying that that is something that God's saying that, no, I did that because of that. That's not at all what my intent was. But the end result is, is that my objective is to truly glorify God. And my job is not to glorify myself. It's to bring the glory to God and let God create the path that I'm supposed to be on. Mm. Well, Brad, you know, in this moment right now, like I shared with you before I hit record, three of my close friends, their children between 18 and 23 are all struggling with terminal illnesses. I know people right now in the middle of everything that's happened right now who are in the middle of businesses that have failed. Those folks right now that are probably exactly where you were, that place of just trying to hold on to hope, feeling angry, maybe feeling bitter like myself, right? You know, even after recovering from my accident, I guess it's different for me now, right? When everything got wiped out from the pandemic for us, I saw it as an opportunity that God was going to use. But I realized that there's been a lot of water under the bridge that allowed me to approach it differently. But what would you say to those folks that right now listening to this today are where you were when at one of your lowest points? That's so great because I've, I've learned going through this, everybody goes through their difficulties. And when people are going through their difficulties, they feel the most alone. But my healing came when I resolved that no matter what happened, I was not going to let go of the hem of his garment. I was not going to let go from him. And when I started just going through Genesis and Isaiah and Ezekiel and just reading through the promises of God and realizing those promises, yes, they were to Israel, but they're also to us. And when I went through those promises and realizing he's there, he has a covenant that is there wanting to take care of us. And even though we can't understand what he's doing, and believe me, I've given up trying to understand it. I mean, he's God and I'm not. And if he has his plan, I just want to stay in his will. And so my objective is, is to say, you know what, if I can just stay connected to him and we call it abiding, if I can just stay abiding in him, and if I can stay in a place where I know 
in, at Pentecost, when Jesus left, his Holy Spirit came. And if I can stay connected to his Holy Spirit and let the peace of God run through me, through abiding, through staying in scripture, through believing his promises are true, if I can stay there, I'm never going to understand it. And I'm not even going to try to understand it, but I am going to trust. And if I can trust that his promises are true, and I can trust that he has a plan and I'm staying connected in his will, I know that I'm going to walk through this in a way that may or may not be exactly the way I intend, but knowing that his will is the end result, I'll trust that. And that is the hardest thing in the world to do when you're all alone. Mm. But when I felt the most alone and I had nobody else to turn to, if I would connect myself to the scriptures and just read the scriptures like God speaking to me and not like outside stories for somebody else, but like God speaking to me, all of a sudden that aloneness goes away because God's saying, I'm here with you. I'm speaking to you. He wants to speak to us 24 seven. If I just open the door and let him speak, I can learn and do what it is that he's asking me to do. Well, let's do this. I would love to close maybe this way, right? Everybody out there who can just connect to what you're just talking about. And I would love to do a part two, everybody listening. So look for this, Brad, if you'd be willing to come on and just do an episode just on how to abide, how to not only connect, but reconnect. And I I think that's something right now that's deeply needed. But would you do this as we close is just lead a prayer for everybody listening who's either in that position or is maybe there's somebody in their life that's coming to them because they need help because they're also maybe maybe in this place because this is a time for us to come together with the Lord and as believers. Yeah, I would love to. Heavenly Father, we know that you're the mighty God and you are the Holy One and you're the one that holds this entire world together, Father. And we know there's an evil one that would like to create havoc and destruction and we know that there's all kinds of bad that happens. But Father, you are the glorious one. You're the one that deserves all praise and glory. And we just pray in the name of Jesus that as we go through this life, knowing that there's a journey that takes us through good and bad, that we can see and keep our eyes on you all the time. We won't let go of you when the most difficult things are happening. We won't let go of you when there's no explanation to be able to had. We won't let go of you when there's a path that seems like a journey that we can't go any further. Father, we just pray that you would give us the strength to hang on to you in the most difficult times. And Father, we just ask that you'd speak to us. Show us what it is that you want us to do. Show us your will so that we can pray in a way that you will answer in the name of Jesus. We trust you and we thank you for all the people that are going through these difficult journeys that uh, we all know that, that happen. And we just pray that your will is done and that you're glorified as we go through this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brad. You're awesome. You're a great friend. I believe this was uh, needed for such a time as this. And everybody out there, if there's any way we can pray for you, you know, put it on our Facebook page. If you know anybody that would benefit from hearing what Brad shared, please share this episode with them. 
we're just trying you know our goal i believe that this podcast exists god put it it's not mine it's god's and he guides every person we have on in every message and um brad thank you for just coming on and sharing because i i know there's so much more we could even unpack but i really thank you my friend you're awesome thank you so much john for uh inviting me and and just being able to speak so thank you